מסכת קידושין, דף ע"ח. אמר רב יהודה, כהן גדול באלמנה לוקש שתיים, אחת משום לא ייקח ואחת משום לא יחלל. רב יהודה זה חידוש, that when a כהן גדול um, has relations with an אלמנה, um, he doesn't get lashes not just once but actually twice. One on account of לא ייקח. Uh, says that Kohen uh, Gadol cannot take an almana, can means, you know, uh, well, we'll see if it means marry, habi'ah, okay, that's for taking her. And the other is lo yechalel, in the act of having relations with the, this almana, it makes her prohibited from being with a Kohen afterwards. And so that is that itself is a separate prohibition. So he's um, liable on two counts. Now we ask, wait a second, there should be a third count. It's the continuation of that pasuk. Not only does the woman become pasulikiuna, also if they have a child, that child also will be a halal. So why not get three types of three counts of lashes? And the answer is Bishelogamar Biato. It's a case where he didn't complete uh, intercourse and so did not result in a child. But in fact, if he would complete the act and it would result in a child, then he would be liable actually to three counts um, so once for the act itself, once for making her pasul, and once uh, a third time for the child that would be pasul. Okay, Mativ Rava, Rava challenges Rav Yehuda. Almana grusha lokemishum shene shemot. My love shene shemot vitula. A Mishnah in Masechet Makot says that if a Kohen uh, Gadol has relations with a woman who is both an almana and a gedusha. She's both. She was Amana from one guy, then Girusha from another guy. So he gets uh, lashes on two counts, two prohibitions. One is Amana and one is Girusha. So doesn't that mean two and not more? And according to you, it should be two for each. And so he answers, La shemot shemot In fact, what the Mishnah means is, two is going to get lashes twice for this. Um, prohibition almana and twice for gerusha, right? Each one, in fact, is going to have a lo yikach and lo yechalel um, aspect, so he'll get lashes, in fact, four times. Okay, Rav Yuda, what are you going to do with the continuation of that Mishnah in Masechet Makot that says gerusha v'chadusa no chayav ela achat? If Kohen uh, has relations with a woman who is both a gerusha and a chalusa, gerusha from one man and chalusa from another, is only liable on one count. The reason here, as we're going to see in a second, is that um, the prohibition of a Kohen to be with a chalusa is only derabanan. It's derivative from gerusha. A chalusa is very similar to a gerusha, and therefore is not going to these uh, gerusha and chalusa uh, will have. Have only one count of uh, relation uh, of uh, of liability. Hachika um, uh, So so why only one? According to you, it should be two counts, right? Even just for gerusha by itself, it would be two counts. And so this is what it means that he is liable only for one prohibition, but in fact it'll be two sets of lashes, and so they're also because of lo yikach and lo yechalel. So the point there is just that it's one, uh, you only count the gidusha, and should not, not for the, you don't get lashes for the halusa separately. Okay, now we just assumed uh, that the reason why you only get lashes of gidusha and halusa is because uh, the prohibition of a kohen with a halusa is rabbanan. Halusa is rabbanan, is that true? Vatanya gidusha, only 
Ari ela Gerusha, Halusa Minayin Tamodomar Veisha. There's a Braita that says, I know a coin cannot marry Gerusha. I would only know Gerusha. How about a Halusa? Since it says Veisha, so that Vav says, and also there's another woman that also Kohen can't marry, so that comes to include a Halusa. Since you're learning it from a Derasha, from a Pasuk, that may suggest that this is a Deoraita. This is an important assumption that if you're learning it from Pasuk, then it must be a Deoraita, even if you're learning it from an extra word or letter or one of the Midot. Now we answer, In fact, the prohibition of a coin with a Halusa is only Drabanan. And the fact that we brought a Pasuk here, to, uh, to uh, as a source, that's not actually a source. That's not really where it's derived from. Rather, this is asmachta, it's just a support. You can understand support as meaning uh, a mnemonic device, so that when you come across, oh, the vav, oh, that's to come chalusa, even though it's like banan. Or it could be support as a, a um, authoritative support. Uh, if the rabbi said it, they want to get a little extra support. So even though they know that's not really in the Torah, by connecting it with something in the Torah, that will give it greater authority. Amar kidesh loke. Baal loke kidesh loke mishum lo yikach baal loke mishum lo yichalel. So Abaye really building on what Avuda said that there's two liabilities. Abaye expresses explains that these two liabilities come at two different points. If a kohen uh, a kohen in a permitted relationship, if he does kiddushin, he gets uh, malkut for that. And then if he has in, uh, if he has relations, he gets the second malkut for that. The first one for kiddushin is lo yikach, lo yikach, kicha, kicha, right, is talking about um, doing kiddushin. That's one count. And the other one, lo yichalel, she does not become prohibited unless until there's bi'ah. And so uh, each of these stages gets its own um, at its own malkut, and if he just did one, then he would only get one of the one. If he just did, only did kiddushin, then he would only get one. Rava Amar Baal, okay, lo Baal eno loke mishum dichtiv lo yikach velo yichalel matam lo yikach mishum lo yichalel. Rava says he would not get uh, malkut just for kiddushin, but rather only for bi'ah. Um, if he didn't do bi'ah, he would not get malkut because the pasuk says lo yikach don't do kiddushin and don't um, make her profane. Why can't you ma- why can't you uh, do kiddushin? because then it will lead to her being profane through bi'ah. So he says that if you only if you do both steps, then you get both uh, two sets of lashes. But if you do only kiddushin, then no lashes. So that's the big difference. Abaye says one for step one, another lashes for step two, and Rava says you get nothing for step one, but two la- but they only accumulate, and you get both lashes for step two. Now, Abaye agrees. Abaye said that you would get lashes for Kiddushin by itself. Usually, that's for step one. But he would agree that if someone uh, is married, then they get divorced. And she goes and marries somebody else. And then uh, she gets divorced from that and comes back to original husband. That's prohibited. And, but if he does, if a person returns to his Gerusha and he did Kiddushin only, then no, no, no Malkut. Even though in general, Rabbi says, you get Malkut just for Kiddushin. In this case, not. Because here the Pasuk specifically says, to marry her to be his uh, wife. 
So only if it's to marry your aunt to be his wife, only if the Kiddushin leads to marriage, meaning consummation, through uh, marital relations. And so in, in this case, since they only did Kiddushin, and it didn't uh, lead yet to uh, a full marriage, uh, there's no the, uh, there's no liability. So Abaya would agree in that case it's more lenient. And Rava, even though Rava says that you get for you get Malkut for Bia after Kiddushin, in other words, you don't get Malkut for Kiddushin itself, but for Kiddushin and then Bia. But even Rava would agree that if a Kohen Gadol Amana, if he did Bia even without Kiddushin, he still gets Malkut. Because there it says, that he, uh, this is regarding Kohen Gadol, with uh, Almana, should not profane his uh, offspring. And uh, here, if he, if it indeed uh, it results in offspring, then the offspring would be uh, profaned. And therefore, he gets lashes, even though it did not, it was not preceded by Kiddushin, still he gets lashes for Bia alone. So Rav is more machmir in this case than he would usually be. And both Abayah and Rav agree that if someone uh, returns his Gerusha after she was with someone else, um, that if he did just Bia and no Kiddushin, that there's no Malkut, because as the Pasuk said here, Leka this is only through uh, Kiddushin. That's where the Torah says, if you did Kiddushin and Bi'ah, that's where you would get uh, lashes. So we see have two laws about Machazir Gerushato. This one is, if you did Kiddushin only and not Bi'ah, so everyone would agree, no lashes. And also, if you did Bi'ah without Kiddushin, also everybody would agree that this is no lashes. So Machazir Gerushato is more lenient than other laws, where you only get lashes, everyone agrees, you only get lashes if you do both Kiddushin and Bi'ah. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Bat Ger Zachar Kebat Halal. Back to the Mishnah that's quoted Rabbi Yehuda, who was a Machmir opinion. And he said that a, uh, a daughter of a, convert, a male convert, even if the, the wife is fully kosher, but the, the father is a convert, the daughter is treated like a Halal, cannot marry a Kohen. Um, but just like a Bat Halal would be um, a Halala. Tanya, Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Bat Ger Zachar Kebat Halal Zachar, Vadin Noten, Everbraita, where Rabbi Yehuda is going to repeat this law and give a derivation from a Kavachomis. Rabbi Yehuda says that the daughter of a male Ger um, is like the daughter of a male Halal. She cannot, she's not fit to marry a Kohen. And we learn this from a Kavachomer. Mechalal Shabamiti Pakeshera, Bito Pesula, Ger Shabamita Pesula, and Odin Shabito Pesula. If a halal that comes from a kosher kosher seed, meaning the father's Jewish, the father's just not a halal, but he's Jewish, and yet the daughter is is no is invalid. Uh, all the more so, a convert who was born from non kosher seed, that's yeah, even worse. Therefore, certainly the daughter should be pisula. But then we say, wait a second, that's not that's not equivalent. A halal was produced from a prohibited relationship, is born from a sin. That's not true of. Of a, uh, of a convert, a convert, two non-Jews, they can get together and have a child. There's nothing wrong with that. So the non-Jew is not born 
from is doesn't doesn't result from a sin. So that's why maybe a halal is worse that it gets passed on, and a daughter of a ger should not be penalized. We'll bring a third law, Kohen Gadol, with an almana. That child is uh, is is invalid, even though the Kohen Gadol was born. Fine, he was not 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 from sin. So even if someone is not born from sin, still the uh, the um, uh, the pesula, the daughter can be pesula. So you see that the being born from sin is not a valid is not a relevant factor. But then we say no, not necessarily. But the kohen gadol ba'amana that itself is a prohibited relationship. Kohen gadol was born fine, but this relationship that he has is prohibited, which is not true for a ger. Again, he converted and married someone that he's permitted to marry a, a Jew that okay, get is permitted to marry a regular Jew and so there's no sin there so really you can't compare that right um, uh, so then we say well halal because halal also can marry kosher woman when that doesn't involve any transgression and yet uh, the halal status it does go to the children so now we bring all those examples together in fact even though the Kohen Gadol and the Chalal, each of them have a uh, difference, a different aspect, a different flaw uh, to them that makes them not comparable to the convert. Nevertheless, if we bring them all together, So the common denominator between them is that they're not like most of the congregation, right? Each of them has a flaw, either that the act that they do is uh, is prohibited, or they're born uh, from a uh, from uh, uh, born from a sinful act. Um, okay, but those cancel each other out because one has one and the other one does. One has it, one the other one doesn't, and that that, that one has it and this one doesn't. Um, uh, but what they have in common is that they're not like most of the congregation. Also, I'll bring the convert. Also, is not like most of the congregation, and uh, therefore, just like in Kohen Gadol Halal, the child is a the child is a halal. So too, for a convert, the child should also be a halal. It's kind of loose uh, logic, just bringing any kind of flaw together. Um, uh, but all right, if we bring if we bring it together, it was, uh, the point is that um, if someone is born Jewish halal and yet passes on halal to the next uh, generation, all the more so a, a convert that seems like a bigger bigger flaw that uh, that should pass on to a halal status to the next generation, according to the Biuda. But now we say, hold on, this whole uh, this is too loose. This logic. Kohen Gadol and Chalal both have an aspect of transgression, either the Kohen Gadol Ta'amana themselves or Chalal that he was born from a sinful tra- transgression. So, you know what? Let's fix this. An Egyptian convert of the first generation, that's a better example because an Egyptian convert of the first generation is allowed to marry another Egyptian convert of the first generation, for example, and yet their child cannot marry a Kohen, in fact, cannot, mar- cannot marry into the into Kahal at all because it's only second generation, it's not permitted until three generations. And so this will prove that um, uh, the Chalal uh, that passes it on to the next generation is not because the Chalal was born from a sinful relationship because here is someone who's not born from a sinful relationship and yet the child still cannot marry a Kohen.
But we reject this model Mitzrayishon sheken the Nora level bakahal. Yeah, but the Mitzrayishon is even worse because they can't marry. Not only can they not marry Kohen, they can't marry anybody who's kahal, and so that is uh, much worse. Um, so the, uh, much worse than even a regular ger. Chalal yochiach. Okay, but chalal will prove that that it doesn't matter because a chalal can marry into kahal, and yet it passes on to the next generation. So vechazar adin, and those can cancel each other out. Lord izeh kiri they each have an aspect that the other one doesn't have, but what they have in common is that um, both the Misri and with the Misri and a Halal um, can, are, are not like most of the congregation. These they each have some kind of uh, a flaw. Um, so I, I, I'm going to compare that to a convert who also has some kind of flaw and not like everybody else, and therefore the will that the pesula, um, uh, the daughter will be pesula, cannot marry a kohen. But we reject this too. Hold on, in those examples, those people will make the uh, woman if they marry a woman, uh, 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 they will make that woman herself pisula to be with a kohen if either a halal or a mit uh, a mitri rishon marries a woman then that woman cannot be cannot be with a uh, can then not marry a kohen afterwards is that true for a ger and the answer is actually according to the biuda it is the biuda ger nami posel biato since the biuda happens to be of the opinion that a ger who marries a a woman makes her unfit to be with her, to marry a Kohen. So therefore, this is a good proof for the Biudah's original law that a uh, father who is a Ged um, will make his, that, uh, his daughter unfit to marry a Kohen. Okay, next. Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov Omer Ged. Rabbi Eliezer Yaakov was of the opinion that only if both parents are Gedim, then the, the daughter cannot marry a Kohen. But if one or the other uh, is Jewish, then that's okay. Tanya Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai Omer. Giyoret pechotam ibat shalosh v'yom echad kishera dekehuna shneemar. Bechotav banashim ha'chayu lachem. Velopin ha'sayay mahen. Velabanan ha'chayu lachem l'avadim l'shvachos. So now we can see yet another opinion that's even more lenient. Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai says that a girl who converts less than three years old in one day can marry a Kohen. What's the whole problem with a convert marrying a Kohen? Is that if she's older, then we assume that she was a Zonash, she had promiscuous relationships, and therefore when she, once she converts, she, she, she's a convert, but she was promiscuous before, so she's Zonah. But if she's less than three years old, then there is no possibility of her having any sexual acts before at that age, before three years old, and therefore she herself is permitted. Now what's this proof? Um, because uh, it says in the War Against Midian that all the, the the girls, the little girls, you can let live. Now, uh, what are you going to do with them? Marry them, right? And Pinchas was with them, and he's a Kohen. So you see, Pinchas would be allowed to marry a convert if, as long as she converted and bringing them, capturing them, and bring them into the into Bnei Israel is uh, was uh, with t- t- came together with conversion. And so eventually, when they grew up, Pinchas would have married one of them. So you see that. A Kohen is allowed even to marry a convert himself as long as she converted before three years old. So this is uh, much more lenient than the previous opinions. Not only the daughter of a convert, even a convert herself 
a Kohen is allowed to marry if, as long as she converted when she was less than three years old. Now, Rabbanan, what are they going to do with this pasuk? Doesn't it say that you're going to keep the girls and Pinchas is one of the, is with is there. What's he going to do with this with these girls? And he says, no, let them live, so to be avadim ushvachot, not to marry. Um, so that's what they did with them. That's how Rabbanan could explain that. Now the Gemara says that all the opinions that we have, it's actually three opinions in the Mishnah and Bishman Bar Yochai that we just introduced. There's four different opinions about um, whether a Kohen can marry a convert or the daughter of a convert. They all derive, and they can all explain it, from this this pasuk in Yechazkel. It's a difficult pasuk in Yechazkel that says in Almanai in the Gerusha, they cannot marry. Um, so this seems to be in a simple reading that all Kohanim cannot marry in Almanah or Gerusha. Now this is strange because really in the Torah it says only Kohen Gadol cannot marry in Almanah. And here it says, sounds like all Kohanim cannot marry in Almanah. This is a contradiction. It's a big problem. The rabbis uh, were going to put Yechazkel Ye- 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 in Geniza until uh, Shmuel Akat was able to go in an attic and not, not come out until he uh, uh, resolved all the contradiction between Yechazkel and the Torah. So this is a big one, and we're going to resolve this contradiction in a minute. But first, let's just concentrate. Let's assume it's talking about a Kohen Gadol, which is the, will be the conclusion, this part of the Pasuk. So this is Amana Gerusha, Lo Yichu, even though it says in plural, okay, Kohanim Gedolim cannot take them, as Nashim. Rather, a Kohen Gadol can only marry Betulot Mizera Bet Yisrael. Okay, so it could be talking about Kohen Gadol, but we're going to talk about Kohanim in general that they have to marry someone Mizera Bet Yisrael. What does that mean? So now let's apply it to each uh, opinion. Rabbi Yudah was the most stringent. And he says that all of the seed has to be Jewish. Jewish born, both parents have to be Jewish born. If the father is a Ged, then the the daughter will be Pesula. That's how we learned it. All parents have to be Jewish. He says, as long as some of the uh, the seed is Jewish, that's fine. Meaning, as long as either parent is Jewish, if one parent is Jewish and one is a Ger, that's fine. The daughter can marry a Kohen. Only if both parents are Gerim, were born not Jewish and Gerim, and have a daughter, only then um, is the daughter Pesula Lekehuna. That's the second opinion. Rabbi Yosef says that um, only the daughter of two converts, even the daughter of two converts rather, is permitted to marry. In other words, it doesn't uh, it doesn't get passed on. Even the daughter of two converts can marry a Kohen. So he explains this to me. Mizera um, Bet Yisrael, as long as the child was conceived when the parents were Jewish. Um, if they conceived when uh, when they were not Jewish before they converted, yeah, then that would not that would be a problem. But now they're Jewish, so the kid was born from Jewish parents. The the daughter was conceived from Jewish parents as after they were they were converted. So therefore, can marry. That's even more lenient. And the finally, he says even a 
uh, a convert herself can marry a Kohen as long as her Bitulim was formed when she was Jewish. So as long as uh, she was less than three years old when she could when she converted and the hymen doesn't form until she's three years old and therefore um, she herself can marry a Kohen. All right, so that's how they all learn it. Now, back to the Pasuk. Let's look at the Pasuk inside to appreciate the question. Starts off, So this, um, even though said in plural, it looks like it's talking about Kohanim, but that would contradict the Torah. So, therefore, uh, this, the first half of the Pasuk must be talking about a Kohen Gadol, cannot marry an Almana and a Gerusha, right? But rather a Betula, Mizera Bet Yisrael. Fine, that's Kohen Gadol. But then the rest of the Pasuk says, Almana Shetia Almana Mikohen Yikahu. This person, a Kohen, can, uh, I'll say it's Kohen Gadol, where they were continuing, uh, but a Kohen Gadol can marry an Almana as long as she was an Almana from a Kohen, meaning that um, if you have a woman who was an Almana, um, who was married to a Kohen and then became an Almana, that's permitted. Only if she was married to Israel, became Almana, then not permitted. Well, that can't be talking about a Kohen Gadol. This must be talking about any Kohen, because a Kohen Gadol cannot marry any Almana. So this is, seem, it seems to be a stringency that we don't otherwise know about Kohanim, that a Kohen, like, you know, if she was married to a Kohen, okay, she was high-class status, and you can, she's worthy of another Kohen marrying, but if she was married to Israel, then she's like, that's already uh, tainted, already low-class with Israel, not good enough, that Amana is not good enough to marry a Kohen. Well, in any case, this has to be talking about a regular Kohen, so do you ever have a case where, and within one pasuk, it changes reference in the, right in the middle, it starts with the Kohen Gadol, and then switches without telling Telling us to talk about a regular Kohen. Um, he said, yes, I, we have such an example. So Rahman says, where, where do you see a pasuk that would be like that? Um, you have this pasuk that says, the, before the light went out, um, which uh, before we understood figuratively, before the light of Eli went out. But here it could be also literal, L- literally before the lamp uh, the, that's in the, in the Mishkan went out, um, Shemuel was already sleeping Behechal Hashem. It sounds like literally Shemuel is sleeping in the Hechal. Now, uh, sometimes people will sleep in the Hechal to get prophecy, and that that's, in fact is the context of the story. But then we ask, but you're not allowed, no, you're not allowed to sit down in the Azara unless you're a king from the house of David. Never mind lying down. You're not allowed to lie down, sit down. It's not respectful. You have to be standing up. So how could Shemuel be lying down and sleeping in the Hechal? It's impossible. Ela, rather, you should read it like this. In other words, take the, take the words um, uh, uh, and just put them in brackets and say, read it as follows. And then separately, right? Uh, where was he sleeping? Outside the temple, where, wherever, in his bedroom, uh, somewhere in a separate area. So here you have a pasuk that switches reference right in the middle. The Behechal Hashem goes on 
what the beginning of the Pasuk, not on Shemuel. Shemuel's not sleeping Bechal Hashem, rather Nede Lukim was Bechal Hashem. So yeah, so, well, in, in this case also, the Peshat is not so, but we have a halachic difficulty, so we have to read it against the normal syntax, um, and so too we, we have to do that in the Pasuk in Yechezkel, because the simple reading is against halacha, so we have to read it against the normal syntax. Next, when this pasuk in what does it mean? Because it literally means, as we just said, um, that a, a kohen. Now we're talking about a regular kohen can only marry an amana from a kohen. Now is that true? Only from an amana of a kohen. But if it was an amana, if she was married to Israel and he died, a kohen cannot take him. Let's look at the Pasuk inside to appreciate this derasha. If we read this simply, it will be Amana Amana Mikohen. You should put the comma here, after Mikohen, Yikahu. And Amana, who is Amana from a Kohen? that a Kohen can marry. The problem with that is then that sounds like only if she was an Amana Mikohen. So instead, this Darasha says, move the uh, Kama uh, to here, um, which is actually what the, the, the Ta'amim here do uh, with the Zakef Katon on the Almana. So that becomes the primary stop. And you read it like this, Almana Sheti Almana. Now that's a tautology, but all right. Um, so any Almana, Mikohen Yikahu can marry from among the Kohanim. Not a Kohen Gadol, but other Kohanim can marry, and that, for, that would mean any Almana. So uh, with this rereading, uh, it fits with the Halacha, right? From other Kohanim, he can take Tanya Mehachi, and there's a Braita that reads it as well like this. Mikohen Yikahu, Mishar Kohanim, Yikahu, any Almana can marry a Kohen, um, just not a Kohen Gadol. Rabbi Yehudah Omer, Min HaMasi'im LeKeonah Yikachu. Rabbi Yehudah has a different explanation of, the, of this Pasuk, and he says it means that a widow, who is a widow of someone whose daughter would be able to marry a Kohen, then another Kohen can take that widow. See, in this reading, you can actually leave the syntax as it is. Amana Amana Mi Kohen, as long as Amana from a Kohen, a proper Kohen, proper that so proper that his daughter would be able to marry so then you can take that almana um, and uh, that's uh, his reading that fits with Rebuda's opinion in general who said that number one that a daughter of a convert is like a daughter of a of a of a halal that's what we dealt with before and here the relevant one that anyone who where you can marry any anyone who you can marry his daughter you can marry his almana meaning a kohen if in any case where a daughter where a kohen can marry someone's daughter he can marry his almana and if there's any case where he cannot marry his daughter because of some problem with him or that marriage uh, then you cannot marry the almana either and so this is uh, fits exactly with his explanation of this pasuk now Rabbi Yose says that if a, even a two converts marry, the, the daughter is permitted to a Kohen because uh, the daughter was conceived 
uh, when they while they were Jewish. Amar, so he was lenient. So even though that was the original halacha from the time that the Bet Mikdash was destroyed, the uh, the the Kohanim uh, take upon themselves a more stringent custom, uh, especially maybe without the Bet Mikdash, they want to like uh, uh, promote their uh, status as Kohanim and not lose out on it, and so they would be um, more stringent to be like Rabbi Elizabeth and Yaakov that both pa- that one of the parents at least has to be born Jewish. That if someone asks what they should do, we tell them you should follow to be Eliezer and make sure at least one of the parents is Jewish before their daughter marries a Kohen. But um, if uh, they or if someone already married. Uh, uh, someone who's a daughter with of both converts, as long as she was born a- after uh, she was born after the parents she was conceived after the parents converted um, uh, and married. If if they already married, it, then we don't force them to get divor- divorced because essentially the halacha is like Rabbi Yosef. Mishnah Halmer Mamzer a man comes and says, this is my son, he is a mamzer. We don't believe him to make him a mamzer, right? Who says? Is, uh, in general, um, a testimony of a, from a relative is uh, not believed. And even if both of them, both parents say that this uh, fetus here uh, that's not born yet is a mamzer, they are not believed, right? So the first case sounds like it's talking about after the kid is born. And now it's saying, even if it's just a fetus, and even if both parents say no good, they is not believed. Rabbi Yehuda says, we do believe them. Okay, let's see. Maya What's the second part adding to the first that even both of them, this is adding a couple of laws. Not only the father is not believed, because the father can never be sure who the parents are, right? The father doesn't know, the, may, may not know the full story. Um, the father wouldn't know if she was with another guy. Even the mother, who she should know, um, is, is not believed to make the child and not only a child that's already born. Once someone is born, they have a chazaka. We have, people have a chazaka that we assume they're kosher until they're proven not so. So not only if the kid is already born and whatever, however old he is, where he has a chazaka, we don't believe the parents to say his mamzer. Even a fetus that doesn't, is not, doesn't exist yet, doesn't have a chazaka, that is kosher yet, still the parents are not believed, not credible to say that the child is a mamzer. You'd have to bring witnesses that come and say, we saw that uh, this, uh, you know, she went and committed adultery and so on. You'd need witnesses in order to create a mamzer. Rabbi Uda says that they are believed. What's his source? It comes from this pasuk and Devarim that says, Ki et yakir Father can uh, cannot uh, favor uh, the beloved son over the hated uh, the the son of 
the hated wife. Rather, he has to, the Bechor, whoever is the firstborn, even if it's of the Senua wife, Yakir, he has to recognize and give him double. Now, simply just means recognize it. The Rasha says, um, recognize to others. In other words, testify to others that here it is, here, this is my son. So you see that. The uh, father is believed to say, this is my son. So he's believed to say, this, this child of mine, this child over here is a mamzer. Uh, he was born from some illicit relationship. So based on this, Biuda says, a father is believed to say, this is my son and he's the Bechor. So just like he's believed to say, he's, this, is my, this, this is my son and he's the Bechor, so too, that's for positive, because he's going to get double, so too he's believed to say, this my son is a Ben Gerusha, or a Ben Chalusa, to point out some flaw in him, and in the Mishnah, the flaw would be that he's a Mamzer. And so the um, a father is believed in all these things. And Chamim say, no, not believed. Now, question. I understand that's why it says Yakir, to say that the father is believed, not just to recognize himself, but to tell other people, I recognize him, to testify about it. But Chachamim uh, say, not believed. So then, what does he use? What does he do with this Pasuk? And the answer is, in a case where it's necessary, right? Where the firstborn is unknown, we don't know which one is it, and so it's needed for him to testify. Now, the for what reason would he need to testify that this is the firstborn and not the firstborn? Like, what practical difference would it make? To give him double. So then we ask, of course he'd be believed. You don't need a pasuk to tell me that a father is believed. Of course the father is believed to say this is my firstborn because he sh- it's based on amigo. We should believe him anyway, even without the pasuk. Because if he wanted, the father, while he's alive, can give him give that this particular son double. He can give any, anything he wants as a present to to anyone he wants. So couldn't he give it? So since he could give it anyway to this particular person, he could give double to them. And so if he say, comes and says, "Oh, this is my son, and this is my bechor." So certainly he should be believed. You don't need a pasuk to tell me that he would be believed. So the answer is, We need the pasuk to teach us that we believe the father, even in a case where, let's say the father testified this is a bechor, and then other property came into, into his possession that wasn't there at that time. So the first time the father says, this is my bechor, oh yeah, we'll believe him because he could give the, this child double as a gift. Fine, so we'll believe him for that. But then, what if that future property comes into possession after he gives it as a gift, and which he didn't give double to this poor, to, to this uh, to this person? So he wouldn't believe be believed for that because now he no longer is giving it. He's he can't he didn't he can't give a gift for the future, um, and so he didn't give that away as a gift. And so let's say he gets uh, other other possession, and then he's not able to give it as a gift anymore, or he dies, whatever. Um, so you would need that uh, this pasuk to teach me that if he said once before and testified, this is a bechor, then even 
money that comes into his possession in the future, also that child will get double. So that's why we need the Pasuk. So that works, except for Urbi Meir. Meir thinks that a person can transfer to someone else even things that don't exist in the world yet, that he doesn't even have in his possession. So then the father could say, listen, I'm giving you double as a present of everything that I have and everything that I will that will come into my possession. So then there's no problem because he could give it in the he could give things for the future. And the answer is Shanaflu Lokeshu Goses. Now we're talking about a case where the father is already Goses, he's on his deathbed. And uh, even according to the Bimir, it says someone can transfer things in the future. He agrees that that's someone who is healthy can do that. But someone who is goses cannot transfer things that didn't come yet into his possession. And so for that case, we would need to believe him that he is, uh, this, this is the firstborn, so that any, any possessions that come into his, uh, into, him, uh, into his possession in the future, which wouldn't be able to be transferred as a, as a gift, uh, would still go to the to the firstborn as a double because only because we have the pasuk. Otherwise, the migo wouldn't work and we wouldn't be able to believe him. Baruch Adonai Amen.